Um, anyways, okay. Welcome to Honestly Moto, guys. We finally got the band together. We got Nick Click coming to you from outer space over there. Can't get Wi-Fi there, apparently. And my little brother, Derek, thank you for making that awesome intro video. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get to the most important topic. Uh, did you guys get a deer this year? I, I didn't. My truck wasn't running right, and I couldn't find it. You had to so, work on a carpenter? Yeah, my carpenter, <laughs> my flux capacitor wasn't running right. It was all fucked up. Okay. I tried to chase the deer down, but it wouldn't work. Well, there. I I wish I had some kind of story to tell you, but dude, uh, the McCombs took me hunting once when I was like eight years old. It was like negative twenty degrees, and they took me out there, and I was wearing like Levi jeans and a t-shirt, and that was the end of my hunting career. It's funny you say that because that was actually the beginning, the exact same beginning and end of my hunting career. <laughs> yeah, dude, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I feel like it'd be a pretty good way to start this out, just telling everybody how we got into moto, like how we started off, because a lot of people have different stories on how they did that, and they might wonder where how we ended up where we ended up. So, Nick, how did you get into uh, how did you get into the sport? Um, I started out. And it was the worst start ever. Um, my dad got me a dirt bike. It was 97, and I took off right into a Bob Wire Friends Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. And I, I was done right then. So I retired that day and said <laughs> I would never dirt bike again. And that's how it went. I honestly, it's funny you say that because I honestly, I don't know how you got into it. I didn't know. I never, you know, I never asked you or anything like that. So, yeah, that was. How about a little more elaborate story of how you get into it? <laughs> well, I mean, that's really how it started. And then a couple of my buddies at school had dirt bikes and they like, they wanted to ride. So I, I don't remember. We, somebody took me over to ride with them one day and we started off like that again. But um, then I was a little more into it because I was a little ballsier, I guess. Um, it grew from there. It was just a hobby and fun with friends after school, but started racing and probably 2003 kind of got serious and started going for Loretta's and all the amateur nationals and stuff. Um, went pro in 05 and then did the arena cross series, did some stuff like that. And then started supercross in 2010, I believe it was. You were there for that. Yeah. Was I it? couldn't, I couldn't tell you a year either, dude. That was a, that was a blackout. Like a <laughs> straight blackout. <laughs> couldn't tell you. Yeah. Uh, and who we, bought, what, who bought you who bought you your first bike? My real dad bought me my first dirt bike. And it was a what? Like a we talking fifty uh, or uh Yamaha PW eighty. Eighty, okay. Yes. Yeah. See I, I like I didn't know that. We never talked about that kind of stuff. Um it's a brand new. Um and somehow the I don't know if it was me or the bike, but the throttle stuck wide open straight into the barbed wire and that's why i decided it was I, dirt bikes were not for me speaking of barbed wire you got any on your arm there anywhere uh, probably <laughs> it's probably a little bit on there somewhere no yeah. uh but so when you who like were you were you homeschooled i don't even remember that you were weren't you or maybe not i don't know i, I got homeschooled my sophomore year in high school 
Just that one year? Uh, the rest of the, or through the rest, I graduated homeschooled. But um, my teacher said that I would never go nowhere in life with dirt bikes. So I walked out of school that day and got homeschooled. Nice. So it was just your sophomore year, though? Sophomore, junior, and senior. Oh, okay, so pretty much most yeah. of high school, you were homeschooled. Yeah. And it was four dirt bikes, though. Like, you want, like, it was four dirt bikes, like the average dirt bike kid. They were, the reason was, is because they were saying that I couldn't miss any more school for, I think we were going to Branson that year. Um, and they said, you can't miss any more school. And oh. my mom was like, no, that's not happening. Because you were going to the uh, amateur nationals and stuff. That makes, I mean, that makes sense. Sometimes I think about that. Like, why do parents like pull kids, like motocross kids, younger motocross kids nowadays? Why do they homeschool them? Because I feel like, I feel like you can still go to school and still do it, but it's probably a lot tougher. Yeah. The the biggest thing is getting behind on your schoolwork while you're gone, I think. Right. See, me and Derek came from a little bit different background that like we went to, we went to school, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade. So, but we we never did any of like the amateur nationals or anything like that, so it was a little different for us. But sometimes I wonder about that. Yeah. But your real dad bought you your PW eighty, right? Yeah. And then ninety seven. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. That was probably pretty cheap off the lot, but. Yeah, now it'd be a five grand dirt bike, but. Oh yeah, they're. I I don't know, man. I've seen some of them. Yeah. Probably more than that, dude. People nowadays on Facebook and stuff are selling, sh- selling yeah. shit like crazy. Uh, Derek, my story is a lot like yours, but how did you get into it? Bro, I was going to tell you the same thing. I was going to tell you, you better just take off. But I just wanted to stress my beginning was the exact same thing as Nick. Um, I don't I don't know if you were there for it or not. I'm sure no, you I was were. There. I was there. I'm older than yeah. you, so I, I was there. So, yeah, you are probably like 20 years old at the time. Uh, no, nah, right, was... but I don't even remember the year or anything. But we had that little Honda. I don't even know what you call it, dude. It wasn't a dirt bike. Oh, it was a pit. I think they called it like a uh, moto or a what do they call those things, Nick? You probably know motorbike. I think motorbike, something like that. It didn't really have know, fenders. The gas called? tank was metal. Yeah, it was the Coleman's. It was like that, but it was an actual Honda. It's like it's probably the same thing that I'm building for Tyler McEwen right now. Honestly, it was just a lot junkier. It was a 50 cc. You had to push it to start it. You had to like push it down a mountain and jump on the back <laughs> to start it. But yeah, put a pull start. No, they had a Honda engine, and you, yeah, you literally had to run and jump on it. A mini bike, a Honda mini bike, is what it was called. Uh, yeah, but, that's what we called it, I guess. Uh, but. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but, obviously, our, our dad rode, you know, street motorcycles all her life. So um, he was pretty hip to the motorcycle scene for whatever reason. I don't know when he bought that bike or how our family even got that, but we had it. And I remember the day I straddled onto it. I, I'm going to also blame that the throttle stuck. I'm going to use Nick's excuse. <laughs> um, it, de- it definitely stuck. Yeah, so we're two out of three stuck. on throttle sticks. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and I went like. Where you- so it wasn't barbed wire, but literally a thorn bush, like the exact same story. Um, I, I feel like I was going pretty well, but I clipped the barbecue grill with my, my right side handlebar straight into the thorn bush. And like, <laughs> I took it like a trooper. I was pretty good. So I got back up, got back on it. And I was like, 
yeah, dude, throttle stuck. You had the grill in the wrong place. Dude, second try went straight into the side of the garage. And like, yeah, I remember that. That was it for a bit. So I don't even know the next the next part, but um, went from that to one day our, our parents just bought us, you know, our first bikes. And from there, I mean, the story's going to be the exact same as yours. Um, right. We, we both knew a family that rode, and um, one of them was in my class. He's like my best friend. So that, that's kind of how I um, grew to like it and want to get into it. Um, but from there, yeah, you can take over. No, I was I was gonna start off where you started. Like we had that little Honda mini bike thing. It was it was a it was a real big piece of shit. Not gonna lie, like it was a piece of shit. It had, yeah, I'm pretty sure it had like golf cart tires. No, it was like front lawnmower tires on it. That's what it had. <laughs> Dude, it was yeah. And we'd come home and ride that thing. Like every Sunday, we'd come home and ride that thing. That was the only days we could ride it because it was the only days that it ran because Dad was home, you know, and he could <laughs> clean the carburetor out on it. So, but uh. Yeah, we did that, and then we kind of didn't ride anything for a long time. We, I feel like, because that thing was probably it was probably done for. But um, when we got a little bit older, like you said, you had you actually got me into motorcycles. So there. I didn't know if you was gonna want to admit that, but yeah. no, I'll straight up say that. Like you were always like you went to Supercross with your friend that he was talking about, and like you were always big on like Jeremy McGrath and guys like that. And we played like, what was that game? Mike Metzger's moto madness or yeah, some shit freak style or some, something yeah. like that. Dude, the first thing was like kindergarten started kindergarten fresh. Didn't know anybody. <laughs> and like, um, I don't even know if I knew him before kindergarten, but in kindergarten, this dude walks in with a six feet tall trophy and I'm like five years old. And it's like, where'd you get that? He's like, dirt bikes, dude. And I was like, yeah let's do it and so i was hooked like I, I i don't even yeah i don't know i just remember watching supercross all the time like back in the jeremy mcgrath days um i'd be watching that shit by myself i don't know what you were into those days but i don't think it was dirt bikes yet uh, yeah like we were we were doing like we were we weren't like nick like we were raised doing uh baseball and basketball and stuff yeah, like that and yeah. I, would, I wouldn't change that at all like i enjoyed all that too but we came home one day and our parents came across some good luck and they bought us, what was it? It was like a XR 70 and a TTR 125 or something like that. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, we rode the shit out of those things. And then like, I met Nick a little, not too long after that. I went from a TTR 125 to a, I think it was like a, no, I went to a KX 250 and then a YZ 450. Bro, and you're missing a piece. I don't know what you're talking. Oh, CRF 230. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I met Nick not long after that because, like, I was a, I was straight up the kid that you make fun of. Like, I was straight up the kid you make fun of. <laughs> and Nick knows that because he used to mouth me. Oh, and word, for some reason, like, over the years, like, we, I don't know. We, like, he used to mouth me on, like, uh, like, Dot you in- remember, huh? Dot info. Yeah, distrigating.info, uh, like yeah. <laughs> he used to mouth me on there. Like, I would post pictures, like, riding my bike with my shirt off and shit. Like, just dumb stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I met Nick at a race in Moberly a oh, bunch yeah. of years later. And uh, I think it was, it was, like, you and I think Vinny Peltonen. I think either Vinny or Kerry was with me that time. I think they both were, honestly, yeah. Yeah. And we met up there and, like, I don't know. We kind of like made a friendship and then went on from there. But yeah, I was definitely like, 
I try to think about it nowadays. Like, I used to make fun of a lot of people. And I think it. I think it's the same way for like everybody. Nick, you probably feel bad about some of the people you made fun because you were a goon too at one point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everybody's a goon. So I do. I tell my kids that that I train all the time. I'm like, you don't make fun of anybody because you were that one time. You want to help them. Like, right. Better now. Like, try to help him get to the next level. Exactly. Like, I was a goon, and 16 years later, I ended a goon. Like, I started a goon, and I ended a goon. And I'm okay with that. Like, that's why we're where we're at right now, you know? So yeah. That's why I started working on them instead of riding the fucking things, you know? I feel like I wasn't too bad, but, you know, so at some point, you got to make that decision. Like, you know, I feel like kids that are homeschooled, though, like, they have more of a dedication to it, so you kind of got to commit more, more to it, right, Nick? Yeah, a little bit. I, I, I would say so. As long as... The- I mean, the kid still has to have that that mindset to want to go for it, you know? Right. And another thing is, like, a lot of these kids, their parents pay for them to go to private school, which in their schools, like, are down for racing. Like, a private school, they don't care if it's basketball or football. Like, they'll help them try to get better at racing, too, which is pretty good. Right. Probably because yeah, you're I'm... paying for it, right? Like, yeah. if the money's yeah. coming, like... They don't about this in school. Yeah, that's just like college, man. They don't care if you show up to class or not, as long as your money's going through. Yeah, degree, man. Kill, keep coming. Uh, something you said, Derek. Like, like you, you had a friend that raced, and that's that's kind of how it started for me too. My friend had a dirt bike, and he ended up being. This was in first grade, and he ended up being in my best man in my wedding. It's Drew, like. I met him because he had a dirt bike and went there after school. Like the friendships you grow through racing and like, I wouldn't know either of you if it wasn't for dirt bikes. And that, right. that's what about the sport is like you, you meet these people all across the country and you just keep going with them. And like you catch up with them all the time. And it's like, you never, you never missed a beat, you know? And I, I think that's one of the coolest things about motocross. Yeah. You're definitely right, man. I mean, we we did a lot of the basketball and baseball stuff, you know, and and people talk like, like that's a school sport, right? Basketball yeah. and baseball, and they talk about like there's a lot of motocross kids that hate that kind of stuff. Like they're they'll say like that's dumb or you know. It, my side of it is I feel like a lot of athletic ability is just athletic ability. Like if you're good at basketball and baseball, you can probably do decent at motocross because you like it's an athlete it's an athletic thing. You. I feel like that's as far as I went. I use my athletic ability and that I got from baseball and basketball to watch people like you and Josh. And uh, there was a lot of people watching growing up like Mason Glorio. So I noticed a lot of my just like just small things that I did like reflected like their writing style. And I think it's just from being able to watch and put that into something, you know, was it the smoking cigs on the line or no, not that. <laughs> No, I never did smoke cigs on the line, but uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think just like saying that, like uh, just I was able to watch people ride, you know. And I started like it wasn't. I didn't ever go to training camps like you do, Nick. Like, yeah, you know, I was I wasn't able to do that. I I rode once a week, you know, if I was able to on the weekends after school and stuff. And from watching better riders, I was able to pick up on things just visually watching them. And that's Chad, as far as I went, you know. Chad, I, don't I know feel if like this is the same, same for you or not. But like when I was a kid, I didn't know any of that world existed. 
so I didn't even know that I could go to a, a riding camp or any of that stuff. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know. If, like we were just like baseball camp, basketball camp. And then our basketball coaches were running us during season off season. If it's track season, our basketball coach had us running laps. Like my brain, I didn't even know any of that was possible. So no, you're for right. Me, like, yeah, I just didn't know. I didn't know those things were even a thing. Right. They weren't near as big. I mean, when, as we were up MTF and GPF was probably like the main ones. And then over the last 10 years, like club MX has came in and there's other ones, but in the last two years, dude, COVID made training facilities and trainers. Like it made, it went booming from nothing to something. And it, it, it's cool. And it's great for me. I can't complain at all, but it's, it's nuts. The level of racing it's taken it to. I mean, there's not one or two fast kids anymore. There's 10 or 15 fast kids in every class. Like, the level is completely different. And it was like that when I was a kid. But I, the town, I mean, there was a lot of fast kids that come from our area. Um, and I try to tell people that. And they're like, well, it's nothing like the level now. I really think it is. I think any of us have that, had that ability coming up, but we didn't. Were we perfect on a dirt bike like these kids are? Probably not. The the talent's unreal right now. I will say the ascendant factor in your generation, I feel like, was a lot, a lot more than now. I feel like now it's more of like a. The kids are just. It's more of like a strategic thing. I feel like back back then you guys were you were more sending it. it I mean, it was skill and you know technical, but I feel like you guys sent it a lot more back in the day. Yeah, I mean. There's there's kids that are like, oh, would you do that jump when you? I know I would do the every jump. Like, I'll tell, I, yeah, I'll tell you right now, you would do. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sent it when I was. On the, I had a sixty, and I would send it. I'd wreck five times a moto and come back and still win sometimes. <laughs> right. I I was talking about that someday or the other day with somebody. They were talking about uh, somebody was complaining about. I think it was, uh, what's that dude on the MXGP? Yeah, they were talking about how they blow their bikes up after they win a championship or whatever, you know, revenue. And everybody's getting mad about that. And it's like, and Nick, Nick didn't blow his mic up after a championship. He would blow it up during the race. <laughs> it was just, I remember the first arena cross we ever went to. I think it was like Des Moines, Iowa or something. Does that sound yeah. right? In the sand? Yeah, like I was staying in the mechanics area and here comes this bike just through the mechanic area. Like there's a sand section, like a sand wall and, and the mechanics area is right there in a the corner. And here comes this bike just wide open to the sand. And it's Nick, dude. And he crashes into the mechanic section, like just bike wide open, gets back on. It takes off. I was like, all right, I kind of, I like your style. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> one of the most memorable races. I feel like there was, there was 80 fast guys there. And I was like, I think I ended up like 12th overall that night. And right. Like, that's the year I got my pro license and stuff. Like it, yeah, it was, it was a solid year. It, and I remember that wreck like it was yesterday. Cause that was a sand, a sand 180, And I just came in hot right into the mechanics area. Yeah, oh yeah. You came in real hot. Like everybody had to evacuate hot. And, uh, something you just mentioned right there. You was talking about how there was a lot of fast guys in that generation. I feel like, in your old generation, we didn't have social media really as much as it is right now. Like, you couldn't probably name, like, you could probably do it, but I couldn't do it. Name most of those guys, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's a lot harder 
a lot of those people are forgotten. It's crazy how many people are fast and they just get forgotten. Think of yeah. how many people on top of your head right now that you grew up racing with that were like unreal and nobody, like hardly anybody even knows their name. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton. I mean, like I was talking about it with somebody the other day. Like I had Villapoto, Alessi, Dungey, um, Brock Hepler was fast when I was coming up. Like, dude, there's so many. Like Lemoyne. Um, yeah, Lemoyne, I forgot about him. Yeah, there's so many guys, and then they just they start fishing or start golfing and just drop out. Right, right. Well, either that or I mean, we all know the sport. When you get to a certain point, it's like, do I need to keep doing this? You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, there's yeah. a lot. That were so fast. If you go back and look at the champ, like Stroop and Izzy were my age. Where are they at now? Like, well, we all know where they're at. Well, a lot of us know where they're at, but they don't. But <laughs> <laughs> it sucks that they're not with us anymore. They're kind of like they're where your internet connection is off in space somewhere. Um. So I was talking. To, I was talking about uh, when we was growing up riding some of the people that we that we kind of take things from and are visually learned from. And Derek, Derek and I, we like when we grew up, Moberly was our closest track, right? That's why I even met Nick. Cause that was the only track I was able to go to really. <laughs> and, uh, our guest was always out there and that's how I kind of became friends with him. You know, he was, a he was an A writer at the time and he was, a he was always out there throwing down to me and Derek would record videos a lot of the time. And I sent him some of them and he was, he was, he was cool to me as a goon, you know, and cool to Derek as a goon. So, uh, and we became pretty good friends over time and he, I consider him one of my best friends now. So, uh, let's go ahead and bring on it's fast mass, Mr. Number 90 or 39, almost at 93, 39, Josh Ooh. mass. What's up, buddy? Not much. What's cracking. Was Hunter Clements number 93? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all the, you guys put up some pretty good battles together too. I remember. What oh, was that? What was that track uh, in South Missouri? Was it uh, Buff, Buffalo something? Buffalo. Buffalo I, was one of them, and then Legends was the other. Legends, yeah, that's what it was. You and him had a straight up battle. I remember you was on that bike that Gage rode for a while. The uh, the two fifty F of your dad's that had like yeah. the, what was that like an old fight? It was an O Yeah. Yeah, you guys had a sick battle that day. I remember watching that. I was like, damn, they're straight up moving. But yeah, wh- what have you been up to, Josh? Oh, not too much. Just working and living. You have uh your uh you have a power sports shop right now, right? Yep. Yep. JMR Power Sports in Huntsville. Is your da- is your dad helping you out there at uh at the shop? Yep. Yeah, my dad helps me. My uncle helps me. He's been around. Your dad's been around the sport a long time too. He was. He's actually. We were just talking about people that kind of influenced us when, like me and my little brother, we were coming in and like we didn't know anything. You know, we didn't know shit. We right. just came in and there's a lot of people that uh, were cool to to us and showed us the way a little bit. And uh, you and your yeah. dad were one of them. So uh, yeah, Nick, Derek, you guys have any questions for Josh? Uh, Josh, what did, so tell us a little bit about how you got started riding. We kind of went into that with all of us earlier and tell us where it went for you. Uh, dad used to race when he was younger and, uh, he just 
got me a bike whenever I was 10. It was a little uh, DS80 and uh, went up to Memphis and rode a few times. And then uh, that's Memphis. just how it got started. <laughs> Tinfoil hat. Was that for you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Memphis, Memphis, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? What was that track called? It was my Coke. I, I think it was called Memphis. Shoot, uh, it did have a name, didn't it? And, uh, Jason and Kyle. Jason and Kyle hit head on. Were were one of you there? Uh, no, nah, maybe. And Jason hit him. I think some I'm not kid. Sure. It was- I thought you were there. That track was pretty cool layout, though. Yeah. Big hills, yeah. Yeah. Where where did the collision happen at? Like, what part of the track do you know? It was up on top of the hill. I don't I don't really remember the track that well. I only went there one time. It went up and down the hill, like, probably, what, four times? It went down, up, yeah. down, up. Yeah. Yeah. I barely remember. I just know the guy had aluminum foil all over his... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, those guys, yeah. they were awesome, though. I mean, they were doing us a favor. They had a pretty sweet track out in the middle of nowhere, you know? Like, you can't really make fun of them, but you can. I remember They're one right. time we... Sh- I remember one time we showed up to a race there and they were like, the race is canceled. And we were like, why? And what was his name? Phil? Wasn't it yeah. Phil or something? He rolled, the water, yeah, he rolled the water truck down the hill or something like that. And then it was like, you know what? Never mind. The race isn't canceled. We just want water. But yeah. Yeah, go ahead. What are you talking about? Uh, it was pretty sweet. I didn't know it was a racetrack. I thought it was just a practice track. Yeah, it was racetrack. It it was yeah. I mean, I don't know. I it was probably a racetrack, racetrack back in the day, right, Josh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I me and Dad like did, didn't start riding. What I remember of it, I feel like it was like the first time we went there. It like used to be a big deal, and then I think it had closed down for a period. And then I think when me and you started going, it like just reopened, and like I, that probably yeah. didn't last long. I don't even remember, but no, yeah. the reopening didn't last long. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was our heyday there. We were right, the yeah. Jackson brothers with a grand reopening of <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were yeah. talking earlier, Josh, about how big of fucking goons we like we were. Like ever me and Derek were straight up goons and I, I started as a goon and I ended as a goon. And we were talking about <laughs> what are you laughing about, Nick? And we were talking about how I mean we were the people you make fun of and everybody has that point in the beginning of motocross. You probably had that point, Josh, you know. He was probably faster than he started than we were our whole career. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah, you're probably right. Um, I was talking to some guys the other day. There, your name came up in a in a group chat we have, and I don't even remember how it came up. But we was talking about rough tracks, and somebody mentioned your name, and I was I kind of forgot how fast you you went on rough tracks. Like sometimes it's hard to. I don't feel like you ever really got the credit of how good you were on rough tracks and like specific yeah. tracks even your son adapted the same ability like he was fast on rough tracks like just he was he was fast on it and yeah. i feel like you didn't get a whole lot of what did you got a you placed a loretta's one year right one year yeah several well that i know I got, of i got a third one year a fourth i don't know Couple six, couple sevenths, couple ninths. What was your most recent one, and what class was that? Um, 2016, I got, I think, sixth. 
That's that's the one I'm remembering. I thought you podium that year, but then what was the last one you podiumed? I got a podium in the last moto. Was that plus thirty or was that Yeah. That's what I yeah. thought. Right on. Yep. Derek, you have any uh questions on the top of your head? Yeah, so I mean, we're from the home of the goons, like I don't know anyone other than like your family that wasn't goons from our area. And so my question was basically based around that. Like what what do you think you did growing up where we grew up at, where we came from to to get you to that level that you did? I I don't think anyone around us like I mean, you had the stretch over to that St. Louis area to get you know, it's like the next person that same caliber or whatever and like a lot of those kids like nick you know you know went through those training camps and stuff like that i remember you always stuck out to me as like a like like how did he get to to where he was you know you seem like you came just from where we came from i feel like i we didn't have any resources to do anything Um, do you have anything specific you attribute to that i was just super intense i mean as soon as i started riding it was i like fast i don't know how i was just I crashed a lot and I either won or crashed usually whenever I was on little bikes and um I rode a lot. I mean, even till the day I got hurt, I mean I rode a lot. You know, two, three times a week. I mean, that's the only thing that I can say that I don't know. What kind I of I watched thing? and learned uh with Josh is that when when he was coming up, Moberly was still pretty good and the track was like really rough and i'm not saying it's not i just haven't been there in a long time but yeah it's not <laughs> it it used to get super deep and super rough and cahoka was the same way and that's the kind of tracks you rode so it took you that's why you were such 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 a good rider on really rough stuff it was the high speed stuff wasn't your thing like at no. all but that no, I, hate, I hated practice <laughs> yeah so like I think that that's what made you a a better rider because they were a little slower tracks and they just, they got intense and it, it, you had to work that stuff. It wasn't just go out there and hold it wide open. I think that's what always made you a better rider. I, right. I agree. And I've noticed that like I came from my goon standpoint into working with some of the pros, you know, like you guys and plants and all them. And they always said, like they always said, I'm scared to death to go fast. Like this, track is too fast nobody wants to go fast it takes a real rider to ride rough tracks like yeah and i think that's a little bit of what you're saying it takes more skill and like anybody can go out there and hold a wide open around a flat track you know but i think that's that's all tracks are like any of the local stuff nowadays is it's a highway like they prep it to be a it's so fast and so sketchy like why do you think that is it's it's supposed to be safety i mean they think they're making it they literally reprep the track multiple times a day like and i'm not hating on track owners because they work their ass off i know that but it doesn't safer at all right like a rougher track is safer right i mean maybe for you guys Well, track is rough for me. I couldn't hold on i was kind of thinking the same thing in my head while you guys were talking (laughs) at our speed uh I don't know if that yeah. still applies, but um, something you said, Josh. Um, you said until you got hurt. Can you kind of tell everybody what happened and where? Uh, you're- it was at Kingsville where it happened, and I just basically whiskey throttled off a wall jump and broke T five T six and a complete perilous 
that injury is stretched your spinal cord, right? Like uh, I didn't cut it, it but it, they said it shifted the cost of itself. And then it so kind of collapsed on itself. So. I remember. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, uh, can you tell us what your status is now so people understand. Uh, basically, from my nipples down, I can't feel or move anything. But your arms work perfect. Are they? Yeah, my arms are good. Yep. What were you going to say, Chad? We was talking earlier about, I think Derek asked a question about um, how did Josh get to where he was, you know, kind of coming from the same position that we were. Like, you didn't stay at training camps or whatever you guys call them, riding schools, whatever. You guys didn't, you didn't grow up doing that stuff, right, Josh? No. I can tell you no. what the difference was with Josh, Derek, is he, like, he is mentally tough. Like, he, He's mentally tough. That's that's all I've known. Like my entire time I've known him, the entire friendship, he's mentally tough. And that I think that played in. Like I was there, with, like in the hospital, correct? When after you had your injury, yeah. And like there was days when you really pissed me off because of how mentally tough you were. Like at the track, like there was like jumps that you and Gage were doing, and I'm like, there's no way I'm doing that. Like I don't want to do that. And it was like cold and rainy and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't even want to ride. And you were like telling Gage, "Hey, you got to suck it up. Like this is this sport. You know, this is what you got to do. You're you're mentally tough." And I think that's what made you a great rider. I think that's what made you, you know, you may not have grown up at training camps and all that stuff, but you you rode in your backyard. You had that track in your backyard. Yeah. It wasn't a training facility, but I can tell you that track, it scared me to death. <laughs> it was a rough bitch. <laughs> yeah. I saw you do some stuff there. That was, I was like, dude. But I think that's what separates you from, you know, like Derek was asking, the, the average kid. And I think that's what made you different with your injury as well. Like, I'm not going to lie. When I was in there at the hospital that day after, I was like, I was, I was pretty scared of, I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't know what things I could say and not because I didn't know if, like, I thought you might get up and beat my ass, you know. But I wasn't moving nowhere, right? But I know it hit pretty hard. But and you'd said things to me up to that day that was like, um, you didn't want to be that person, right? Like, no, hell no. Nobody Nobody wants that person. Yeah, that's. I think we can all agree that that's one of the probably one of the worst injuries in this sport besides dying. Right. It's it's a reality, and uh, I mean, I was there when you accepted that moment. I feel like when you accepted that moment where you knew that's what you were going to be dealing with, and the like I said, the mentally tough thing from day one, the day I met you, like it played into that moment right there, and I mean. That kind of it changed me a lot as a person to to see you accept that and uh, to go through with that. That's that's honestly one of the main reasons that I wanted to have you on this podcast. To be honest with you, like yeah. somebody else want to lighten things up a little bit. <laughs> oh, it's all good. <laughs> you guys, Josh, Josh, did you ever um, did you ever take any head dingers? Yeah, I've been knocked out plenty. <laughs> I got a good story for one, Nick. You remember that trip to Texas? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what happened there? Was it underground, I don't right? know. Yeah, he doesn't know because we were at underground and he hit that. It was a big tabletop to me. I may not have been that big, but 
it was big and like you came down while your front end washed out or something like that me i have no idea <laughs> yeah you're right i'm asking the wrong guy i <laughs> think right. this is what happened josh drove us down there we took his vehicle and uh trailer right yeah yeah he hit his head and the right side he, yeah that's right. right and he asked us probably every five seconds on the dot what happened what happened you know or and he asked the same question over helmet. and over Probably so. I think you gave it to me. No, you still have that. I, I still know. have it. Yeah, <laughs> I have all my broken helmets. Right. Yeah, you asked the same question at least. I mean, it was every five seconds on the dot, and you you kept saying like, "When it's time to leave," you're like, "No, I'm driving. This is my vehicle and stuff." You know, like, dude, you just asked the same question at least thirty <laughs> times, yeah. and you drove. You did. We, yeah, uh, we were safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in a. I rode the next day. Yeah, yeah. you did. I've been in yeah, a couple of those vehicles before where uh, people who take the dingers somehow still drive. And uh, I, I, it's almost science at this point that maybe that's better for driving. Maybe they're like, you know, that long-term memory has gone and they're only focused on like focused on now. what's going on, like scroll brain. Uh, yeah, here maybe now. that's for the best, dude. Josh. Since your injury, what was the transition from like your life was straight up motocross? Like that was that was your life. Then I know it because yeah. I, I was I mean, we were best friends, you know, so I knew every I knew that was your life. What was right. the transition like from living everyday straight motocross to finding other things to enjoy? Mm, been pretty tough. I mean, I have a razor now and I ride it quite a bit, but it's still I mean, nothing's the same. But, uh, I don't know. I just have learned to, cause I was straight, completely motocross. I mean, I rode three days a week on roached out tracks and I mean, that's all I did. Oh, I mean, really? That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. Everything. I mean, uh, Bigger legs. so I don't know. I just have learned to find other stuff. I mean, relax and I don't know. I like riding my razor. It's relaxing. A little bit fun too. I mean, I like climbing hills and stuff, but I don't really go fast on it. Um, is it is anybody helping you out as far as uh, razor parts and stuff like that? Or no, I just get everything from Stallman's. Yeah, that's who I was going for. Stallman's. They helped you back in the day when you were racing motocross, right? Yeah, I get all my parts from the shop. Do yeah. them too. So yeah, and they. I think it's pretty cool that they were helping you out back when you were racing motorcycles, and then they kind of help you out with your new hobby. Yeah. Yeah, Ethan and them guys are pretty cool. I think they helped Nick out, too. The Stallman's Nick. Yeah, correct. They've been riding for Ethan for a couple of years in Supercross. I switched for a little bit just because of the way it worked out, but I think I've bought since 90, 98 every single dirt bike from them so kind of a lot either I've had a l- uh, they and it's more of a family place than anywhere else i feel like you can find right yeah i have every guy every one of them guys cell phone numbers i text them all the time yeah yeah they're awesome yeah Every time I get somebody from a long like there's always people ask me where would you buy a bike where would you buy a bike come like stallman's like like I feel like they're, I feel like they're they will help anybody. I almost at this point I feel like like they're just that yeah. nice. Yeah, when you're there, you can tell like anybody that walks in the door, they're 
they literally, hey, Josh, hey, Chad, like, yeah. they, they know every single person. So, you know, it's people that have bought a ton of stuff there. Right. So, that when I send people there, I tell them that, like, this is going to be a friendship forever. I know you're buying stuff from them, but it'll build more than that. Right. And even with the times like now, the pandemic and everything, you, you go to any, all these other dealerships and they're charging like two, three, four thousand dollars over what the the bikes are supposed to sell for. Stallmans, they're not doing that. They're they're selling it for what it's supposed to sell for, and yeah, and, uh, they're they're not taking advantage of of what's going on. That's for sure. Yeah, that's awesome too. Um, so. N- we're going to talk about Supercross a little bit, right? Yep. Everybody think of 22. Think it's going to be a good season? Yep. I think it is. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of up to date and kind of not. Are we back to a normal schedule? Is it just like normal? Yeah, I haven't looked at it. I think it's, we have triple normal. crowns back, right? It's a couple of triple crowns. Yeah. Other than that, it's like Saturdays, like weekend races, right? Yep. Yeah, I think St. Louis has a triple crown this year. Yeah, I think, so. really. I think it's a shootout yep. too. Is it an east-west shootout? I don't know about that, but Maybe I know it's, it's a triple, triple crown. crown. Yeah, I thought I saw something special about it. I guess that was what it was. But well, that'll be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can Pretty come good. get your vehicles robbed and watch a triple crown. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. And- Hey, Josh, I got a question for you. Is there anybody, like, during your time of racing, is there anybody that you hated lining up against? Yeah, I mean, there's a few, but they didn't like. That's what we do. (laughs) And for what what reason, I guess? There could be different reasons. Yeah. Who and why? Uh, I didn't like lining up against Dustin Curley because he was super squirrely. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, squirrely, squirrely, curly. <laughs> um, Alex Mlot was another one that was kind of that way. Kyle was kind of that way. Didn't really care if he cleaned you out or cut your arm open and give you 13 stitches in the fair race. It didn't matter. I remember that. Lewistown? Yeah. Was that Lewistown? Yeah. No. Nah. Nah, yeah. It was uh, Vandalia. Vandalia. Yeah, because you can't believe you to Lewistown. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But, I remember uh, that. Those are my three that I was kind of nervous being uh, side by side with. But right, and we're not talking about people that you don't like or that you you hate yeah. as a person. We're talking about people that right. when you hey, align with them for here, whatever reason. I'm here for the chaos right. and I'm here for the dysfunction. If there was someone you hated, who was it? I, you can tell me. <laughs> I'm here. For who that. was it? Oh, I didn't. I didn't really hate anybody. Click. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I was a little squirrely when I was young, though. But not as yeah. not. The, uh, and I never yeah. would take anybody out. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't oh. take anybody out ever, I don't think. No. Uh, my my biggest person, and I I hated lining up next to Justin Fern once he went got pro. Yeah. He, He's pretty scared. sketchy, too. He would just hold her wide. And I, I mean, he was fast, but he would hold her wide. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't care about hurting himself or anybody involved. Yeah, that's sketchy. I remember seeing you some, have like, 
hold on on that. Ahead, that I remember seeing some videos Go of ahead. him, you know, just whatever you'd see him on Facebook or wherever. Dude, he had a very like, I'm, I hope you guys take this the way I, I mean it to take, but he had a very James Stewart-esque quality to him to where he would do some shit sometimes. You're know, like, what the fuck was that? I can say a little yeah. bit, too. But it, at the same time, it was like, I'm not sure it was supposed to happen that way. This this was like James Stewart's San Manuel Honda days. Yeah. yeah. Honda, Yamaha days. That, like that kind of James Stewart. I yeah, mean, I can I, see that. I wish I could find some of those videos. Like, I just kind of see them in my head. But there was some stuff out there that he did intentionally, unintentionally. He, he was usually usually crashing, but never crashed. Yeah, yeah. Whenever he was doing those cool things. That sounds right. <laughs> he had a two-minute crash time. That was his last right. time. It was a two-minute crash time. He just never hit the ground. Right. Um, Josh, you have any... This goes for Josh and Nick, because I feel like you guys are both... Uh, considered professionals of this sport any advice for the the younger kids locally coming up around here like as far as well you guys know any advice you can go josh uh, i'd say <laughs> just just have fun and i mean it's especially the position i'm in now it's just like i look back on it and I wish I would have had a little more fun and a little less serious. Um, I may have even done better uh, in the long run, but just have fun and and uh, just just ride lots, you know. Don't don't focus on um, doing nothing crazy. Just just ride and get your seat time in, and that's that's the best thing you can do, I think. Seat time, I like that. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm nobody, but I feel like that's a pretty big thing, obviously, yeah. is, is getting, getting time in on the bike. Nick, you have anything on that? Um, I think my biggest thing is enjoy it while it lasts because it, like, it can come to an end at any time. Um, enjoy your time with your friends and family there, dude. That's like huge. Like, you don't realize that you'll never see some of those people again after certain races. Um, another thing is, is, don't always have to worry about your speed like work on technique work on that crazy stuff that you never think you need like it's gonna stand out someday to know that you had the best technique over any wide open like yeah there right. we got a couple people that can hold her wide but we're not talking about them because it was their awesome technique or their talent that they had um so that's that's big on my part like you can be slower and go you know learn the right things and take it to the next level. That's really all I got. Josh, I got another question for you out of you've ridden a lot of different bikes over your motocross career. What is your favorite bike out of all of them that you've ridden? Well, for any reason. Probably the best bike was the, maybe the 08 Honda 450. It was really good. Um, you had good power. You had no eight and you had no eight and oh nine or ten. I had a oh six, oh seven, oh eight, and a ten. You hated the or ten, no. right? No, I had a nine, but I rode it in ten. And yeah, I hated it. Hated I this. loved it one moto, but hated it the next. It was right. so unpredictable. So the OA was the good one though. Oh, it was awesome bike, yeah. 
Nick, what did what Honda did you have? You had a what was that a that had to have been uh, it had to have been oh nine or ten. I had a nine Honda. It was my last Honda, I think. Was that the one you rode in Arena Cross or no? No. No. I had No. I had I didn't have oh nine four fifty was the last four fifty I had, and then I got two fifties the next couple of years. I had an oh nine Cowie too though. But um, the best bike I ever had is my 20 Loretta's bike. That thing was sick. Not the 21 that I had this year. <laughs> What's wrong with it? <laughs> that thing I loved. I had everything I ever had wanted to have done to a bike to my 2450 for Loretta's. It was sick. Thanks to Ethan. Yeah. That was last year, right? Yeah, 20 was last year. I don't yeah. remember it. I don't I remember br- did you? What happened there? I don't even remember. I broke my leg last night. Oh yeah, that was in the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that. Unbelievable. Yep. There's a question for everybody. <clears throat> What's your most liked and most hated part of this industry? Maybe we let's break that down to like. Liked first and hated last. Everyone yeah, that's probably a good idea. Liked first. That's a lot. And then hated last. My uh, vote. Go ahead. No, you go. <laughs> no, I was just trying to spike, spark you up. Go ahead. Somebody. Oh, you don't like anything about the industry? I'll, I'll start if you need me to. Uh, there you go. Man, my, my favorite thing. I mean, obviously, we all know what we like about the sport and what we don't. Um, but like I think the the single reason why I'm still in it today, why I still care, why I still watch races, why anything. I mean, it seems like a lot of people grow in and out of this sport pretty quickly, um, or just over time in general. Um, I'm still in it because I think this sport hasn't grown to its potential yet. Um, I, I was reading statistics on like the NFL in like 2008; they couldn't even fill stadiums. Like the NFL was like what. Supercrosses today you'd go to st louis and see a half-filled dome um and today like that stuff sold out the second they released tickets every game is filled whether your team's in last place first place um i think there's so much still to grow and i don't know how to do that um i think you see some things changing with like um with like feld and the the broadcast crew they're changing things right they're trying they're trying to figure stuff out uh, but i'm interested in seeing what that's going to look like. Um, you heard, we've heard our whole lives that like, um, the sports dying, you know, I feel like a lot of people have heard that narrative, but since COVID that narrative's kind of flipped a little bit, right? It's like, man, you can't get a bike if you want one. Um, like Nick said, training camps are full. Uh, I am excited to see where this goes. And I, I think there's, I, I don't know what it is, but I think there's a lot more to this sport still to grow and uh get people involved yeah i i don't know that's my favorite part is like the untapped potential of it i don't think it's as big as it could be and should be so i'll kick into that a little bit um that's not my like but i'll i'll tell you you're right on that a bit bunch um the amateur nationals are bigger than they've ever thought about being there were six thousand entries at minios where it used to be like 2300 loretta's this year had to have eight 
eight lots where it was three and four in the past years. It's it's insane how big the sports got, and it's bringing in tons of spectators that people never even thought would come in. It's bringing in new sponsors, and I think that's what's cool when sponsors from outside the industry are coming in. I think that's what's going to help grow the sport. Um, it it might be sound crazy, but like Twisted T kicking in. Twisted T turned me down. They won't sponsor me, but uh, but that's what helped grow the sport to the next level. Um, my biggest like, and it switches a little bit, but I like Josh. Kind of said it earlier, but his mindset and stuff as a racer, like he had that mindset to get better, and um, he came into it and he practiced every day, do this and that. That's what I like about it is it gives you a different. If you're a motocrosser, you have a different drive and your ambition, your work ethic. It works for everything if you got your head level. Um, you can take it so far in life with everything. It's not just dirt bikes, but you take it to that next, your job, your like your college, whatever you're going to do, you can take that work ethic with you. And I, I think that's my biggest thing. And I try to, I try to teach that to my kids that I'm training, like, it's not all about dirt bikes every day. Like you want to have that work ethic and take it to that, to UPS, right. Or loves gas station. Like right. that's where it's gotta be. I think my thing is, uh, I don't know the word for it, but, uh, like the, the desire to never, to never like just be comfortable. Like every, like from day one, like, like I said, like when, I was fucking goon showing up on a KX250 that had the frame cracked on it, and I was trying to scrub, you know, 10-foot tabletops and stuff, and I had people like Josh and Nick there that they could have laughed at me and made fun of me, which they probably did, and rightfully so. But oh, we did. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But, uh, like, you guys, you, you kind of became my friends, though, and you became a little bit of family, you know, and it pulled me in, and it made me, I wanted to be like you guys, so I started doing those things. I got a little better. And that went only went so far, but then on like the mechanic side of it, like I start working with Tyler and Nick, you know, and just doing the basic things there. And they got on a team green and there was guys like, even when I got to the mechanic side of it, um, I was pretty good, but there was guys at team green that it was just like you guys all over again. There's guys that's been there all along and, you know, and I, I felt like a goon again. And there was once, you know, it was like that next step. It was like, there's guys there to be like, Hey, like we'll show you how to do this and i followed them and got to the next level of that so i think it's just like a, right. a stepping stone I, I think it's cool you you create a lot of family like nick said earlier you make a lot of friends through this sport that's my favorite part of it yeah that's my favorite part is the family the family aspect of it i mean it doesn't seem like it but whenever you're traveling to these races and you know people from all over the state or surrounding states and you're meeting and pitting next to each other just so you guys can hang out and barbecue and whatever at night and help work on each other's bikes and yada 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 and um, that's that was my favorite part of it yeah that's it that's, that's the big that's that's the biggest thing that i miss about it is um not being there for that and even whenever i go like i rode my razor out to steve's for the state race and i mean i could almost probably couldn't even leave because i drive 10 feet and talk to somebody else for 10 or 15 minutes right i was literally pulling out of the damn 
parking lot as Don Bauman was pulling in and had to talk to him and Rob for 15 minutes sitting there and in this in the damn blacktop, you know. So, I mean, that's that's the that's the part that I missed and that I like, you know, like the most. Right. Absolutely. I can agree with that big time. And you had a lot of people around your you always had a lot of people around your pit. You know, it, it was just. It was a it was a thing where you were like a local guy that was, you know, obviously really good. And a lot of people looked up to you and you had a lot of people come and want to, yeah. you know, do better. And it would help um, not to name any names, but I think we can all think of people who were in a similar position and weren't the type of people that would talk to guys like you and me and, you know, help us uh, get out of our goon stage or. There, that goes that goes way up the ladder, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that exists all the way through. Yeah. Let's talk about this upcoming Supercross season a little more. Um, what? Who do you guys think? Like, there's been a lot of. I feel like this year's been kind of weird, but who do you think made the best move in the 450 class? As far as who who made the best who made the best change up. So, like, a lot of guys are yeah. still in the same place, but there's a lot of moves. Right. I, I was going to say the same thing, Nick, but I thought people were laughing at me, but I, I something about that, dude. It's going to be big. Who'd you say? I think so, too. I'm Aaron Plessinger. Okay. Okay. I think Malcolm. Malcolm made a good move. That was my number two. Let me show you. <laughs> right there. Aaron Plessinger, Malcolm Stewart. <laughs> Is James racing? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he is. He had a Honda. You didn't see it at the ride day. Number seven Honda. That is kind of weird, though. Like, why did he have that bike? He's had Chase, a little bit. Of it. Really? Yeah. I was going to say, because Chase isn't there anymore, right? Sexton? I don't uh, think he's, I he's not. There. Yeah, so it wouldn't have been one of his bikes. He just threw numbers on. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I didn't know he had a Honda before that, but yeah. What were we talking about? Josh, who'd you have? The biggest move? The uh, best move. Malcolm, I think. Going to Husky full-time, training with Alden indoors and outdoors. I think that's good for him. Yeah, that, that has to be a big move, I feel like. Cause yeah. Kind of the persona that we had for the Stewart family was like Supercross-only kind of deal. And yeah. the fact that he signed with somebody for outdoors, too, I think is a big deal. Kind of means that he's in, in it for more than just Supercross. I'd say that Jason Anderson is going to be a sneaky good move too. I mean, it's, he's kind of he's he's not low key, but he's he's a he's a sleeper, right? I feel like this. It's like this, we ask the same question every year, though, and nobody yeah. knows. Like it's always right. the first round is always like, "What is happening?" You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, win the first round. So. <laughs> yeah, but everybody behind him was like, "What is happening?" It won the first one, and then nothing after that. Who's who do you? Who do you who's your guys' pick for the year? Like overall, who are you taking? And the four fifty class? Do four fifties first, yeah. This can go a long ways because obviously you have your your top your dominant three, which would be Cooper Webb, uh, Eli Tomac, and uh, Ken Roxon, right? But oh, there's boy. also oh my gosh. I'm just saying. I disagree with you on the top three you just yeah. mentioned there, but okay. Yeah. That's the that's the common elite three. But then you have like Ferrandis. Oh, oh. That's who I would pick as my top three. Oh, man. Who? But who you said? 
Yeah, that's everybody's top three, really. But then you factor in like Tomac's going to a new bike, and it's it's not really, you know, that bike you don't really know about. It's kind of a you know question, really. Okay, hold on. So I I didn't get in my uh, best move, um, but I'm also gonna help start us <laughs> off with our worst move here because it's the same pick. And this is directly related to what we're saying. Eli Tomac, best and worst move. I I, I had him for everything. I, I don't know what this is. Where did this come from? How is this going to be? But I'm also ashamed you left him out of the top three. Like, I don't even think you stumbled his name. Tony I did say Tomac, right? You did yeah, not. Yeah. No, you said Anderson, yeah, Rocks, and Webb. Or not Anderson. No, Josh said Anderson. He said if I did. Roxon. I meant to say him if I didn't. Uh, you said, you said him. Eli I got Tomac. it on tape. I'm going to run it back. I'm probably wrong, but I think I'm right. Um, well, if you are, it's whatever. He's my yeah. best and worst big. I still think, I think personally, he's like the rider, like the the Stuart qualities. Like, I think if he's in it that day, he's the guy. Um, you got to beat him. But this bike might be the best or worst decision. Who knows? Or the fact that he may be trying to just ride out the end of his career. I mean, you, you Why just don't you do know. that on Kawasaki and stay comfortable and stay with your team. Why would you? Because they want to. Because they want to win. Everybody wants to win. And you're going to hire and Anderson to do that. It's kind of like Stewart. Like uh, he won a bunch of championships on Cowie, right? And then uh, who signed him after that? Was it the San Manuel team? Yeah. Was that right after Cowie? That was kind of extending his career, and he kind of struggled there first. And everybody was like, "Is he just trying to make money, or is he still, you know, going for it?" He was chasing money. Yeah, that was that NASCAR team, right? Isn't that when JGR first came in, and they were trying to pull much money? When he was chasing money. Yeah. He. I don't think Tomac's chasing money. I don't either. Stewie was chasing money, but the problem is he was still <laughs> he was still way too fast to be chasing money. He might catch the money. Like you know what I mean? He even if he's not trying, I feel like he could I don't know, that dude is something else. So who's your pick, Josh? For top three? Yeah. I don't think you can leave Ferrandis out of the top three because he's just he's nuts. Um Tomac and probably Webb. I really hope Roxon does good this year. I want him to do good, but he just I don't know if it's mental or physical or what. He just he fades out. Yeah. Yeah, did you like did you guys pick up on that last year? Like he came out kinda of, he does it almost every year really. He comes in strong yeah. and then just kinda it's like he doesn't care or like just I don't know. Man, who knows what you got? Uh, since Rillo, after his surgery, is he going to be good? I mean, Chase Sexton. There's so many dudes. Yeah. So many dudes. The Chase could win it. Chase could win it if he stays off the ground. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's good. There's he's a lot. Got a lot good of technique. There's a lot of guys that do. I mean, it, yeah. Can you even count on two hands how many guys could? Could let alone win a race, possibly win the championship. It's getting stacked for sure. Yeah. That happens every year, though, I feel like. And then it comes out, and then kind of the first five rounds are a disaster. And then after that, it starts to be the the usual three that everybody kind of predicted, you know? 
Jed. So since someone brought up the rocks and hope rocks and does a good thing, um, we had it in our notes originally to talk about something that we saw. I don't think a lot of people saw that. Exactly. I know what you're talking about. That's why I want to bring it up. I want to see if they have any idea of what we're talking about. Right. But you can go ahead. So it, uh, was that was last year, right, Eric? Yes, yeah, Arlington at uh, Arlington Supercross. So when uh, when Cooper Webb came out, his an opening ceremonies, you know, his video, his open his opening ceremonies video was it didn't show him in the entire video. It was all Roxon, like he was just shitting on Roxon the whole time. It was Roxon crashing. It was Roxon doing this. It was Roxon doing that. That was Cooper Webb's entrance video, like. Mm. And it was specific to, it had stuff just from the most recent week in it. I think that was the week like Cooper cut him off on the turn, uh, you know, at the whole shot and like Ralph threw a big fit about it or whoever. (laughs) Well, it wasn't Ralph. I think he was gone already. Um, But it had recent stuff. He was making week to week like target videos (laughs) at Roxon. And I don't think anybody even knows about that because it was just, you know. Nobody even talked about it. Yeah. He showed up shit on him for the entire opening ceremonies and. Was like, what? And that's my problem with Rox and like, did I, did anyone see anything from him? Like any aggressive move in the race, anything? Um, th- After that, my, no, no. That's yeah. my concern with him. Like, man, you gotta show something. It's like the classic it be, meme of this the stick poking the dead body. It's like do something. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. It could be chasing well, be fair, the last time he. Last time he tried to retaliate against Cooper Webby, burned his hand through his wheel. So good point. Good point. That'll bring back some bad memories. Yes, it will. Your hand don't fit through there. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Not at any speed. No, I don't even think if the wheel stopped, your hand fits through there. Honestly, no, it definitely will not. <laughs> All right, bedtime. It's this is. Yeah. Too- Two and a half hours past my bedtime. <laughs> we're an hour. Two and we're a half. Got, we're in an hour in. Yeah, that's Nick. Holy shit! We, we got an hour and a half in. So, um, this week's sponsor is Novig Gloves. Uh, we don't have a read-off because their owner is apparently too busy for everything going on right now. So, just buy some Novig Gloves, and uh, yeah, we'll be good with that. Yeah. Other than that, thanks. To Josh for coming on, our guest. Appreciate yeah, you taking Josh. the time to come on with us and help us kick this thing no off. Problem. Thank you, you guys, yeah. Nick and Derek, for being here, and thanks to your all's wives and my girlfriend for giving us the uh, the time to do it because there's not a whole lot of free time bouncing around nowadays. Yeah, yeah. thanks to my tattoo sponsor for hooking it up. Yeah, who yeah. was that? Looks like a yeah. Egyptian pharaoh or something did this. Yeah, it's like they tattooed a really ugly shirt on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is your skin so wide up below your neck? I got a new what? one. The next one, though. You look like Tiger King, except I don't right. Know. <laughs> except I don't know. <laughs> I'm, about I'm literally about to piss my pants. Maybe. I'll see. Good you to talk to you guys. Yeah. Right. See you guys, Josh. We'll get you back on, man.